Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Wrigley Spearmint Gum. Wrigley Spearmint Gum. Great to chew. Even better to share. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s and 1990s Birmingham. I reflect on them today as well, see how they shape up in the 21st century when I listen to them as a man. This week, we're looking at the song The Assassin, which is track six on the No Prayer for the Dying album. Last week, we looked at Fate's Warning, which closed side one. And there's some people who clearly liked the song more than we did, and they said so in tweets. Now, that's all very well, but I don't think we were that critical of it. Maybe just thought it was all right. And that's a good thing about Iron Maiden. There's always someone who'll like a song. Even the ones that you think most people don't like, you'll be surprised at opinions that are out there. And that's one thing I've learned from doing the podcast, that there are people who have different opinions to you, and that's okay. We had some comments about Trevor's poem. Um, someone called Charlotte Corday said, I thought I'd let you know that Trevor's poem was the cure. So that's nice, isn't it, that it's made her feel better? Maybe the poem had medicinal qualities. Um, she doesn't go on to reveal what her health issue is or, or what it was that was cured, but uh, I'm glad the poem could help. I had a similar tweet from The Ballad of Balf, and he said that he was feeling cured after listening. So this is an interesting coincidence. Um, yeah, good. Now this week we're looking at the assassin, and an assassin is somebody who murders an important person for political or religious reasons. Now, after previous shows, you might be hoping that I go out and about and try and act out some of the roles that are in the Iron Maiden songs again, but I'm not going to go out and be an assassin. I think I can just about get away with doing prowling and drifting without getting into too much trouble, but I think being an assassin might be going a step too far, even though I try and commit to going all out to make this podcast as special as possible. I knew the term assassin from a role-playing game because this was a type of character you could be, with high stats in stealth and dexterity, but I was never an assassin. When I created a character that time, I rolled one number lower in the alphabetical list of occupations. This meant I was an alchemist, which was rubbish. And I didn't know at the time that Iron Maiden would later release a song called The Alchemist, which makes me even more annoyed. I also knew the term from a song by Marillion called Assassing. And there's quite a few songs by Iron Maiden in this period that have similar titles to Marillion songs. The song begins with quite a gentle guitar, like a doobity doo sound. It goes doobity doo, doobity doo, like that. Now the guitars are quite light, yet the bass sounds quite dirty. Perhaps this relates to the lightness in the step of the assassin, with him having a tiptoe about and the dirty reality of what he has to do. After this goes on a bit, you might expect it to kick in, but it doesn't. There's this extra section with what seems to be an odd time signature. Now this intro is good, it's a nice 42 seconds, and then the first verse comes in with Bruce singing, and the lyrics say, now the contract's out, they put the word about, and I'm coming after you. Now the out. They put the word about. 
from this, we can see that Bruce is an assassin. But then we learn something else. He says, it's not the money I make, it's the thrill of the chase, and I'm coming after you. Now this is different, isn't it? We can see he likes doing it, regardless of the money. So, yeah. Like other songs we've seen, it's sort of like a description of what an assassin does. And we've had lyrics Harry-splaining before, haven't we? Like when he described what deja vu is for us, so that was nice of him. But in this song, there's more of a personal element to it, so you get more of a voice or a flavour as to the inner thoughts of an assassin. For the second half of the verse, we get an extra guitar that comes in, chugging a bit for a bit more drama and tension. And Bruce's voice tone also gives you an appropriate menace for, for the theme of the song. It's all good so far. He says, I'm watching every move, study the things you do. And then he makes this strange noise. Yeah, it's like a, a weird growl, isn't it? Sounds like he might be chewing toffee in the vocal booth. But he's actually saying, and the pattern of your ways. He also says, I watch the way you walk, I hear your telephone talk. Now this might sound a bit creepy, all of this, but these are the things an assassin might have to do. Now that last bit mentions a telephone, and if you're from Generation Z, or you're one of those millennial people, then you might not know what a telephone is. But those big boxes with numbers on them that people used to talk to other people on, and you had to answer it when it rang, because it was like a treat. There wasn't a decline button on it, and if you were watching telly, you couldn't just pause it while you took the call. It was a nightmare. You had to miss a bit of Neighbours. And you might say, well, they showed Neighbours twice a day, didn't they? But the evening one, that was a second showing, so that was it. There wasn't an omnibus at the weekend like EastEnders or Brookside. Anyway, telephones. In 1990, when this came out, people still had them in the home. They were by the front door in the hallway on that table. There was no chair, though. You had to stand up to take it. There might still be one at your grand's house, so maybe ask her about them. It might be next to that odd, bulky silver TV she still got, in front of that Daniel O'Donnell video collection. Now, the line said, I hear your telephone talk, and I can confirm that telephones didn't talk, but I assume this means that the assassin has bugged the phone, which means he can hear the phone calls and what's being said. You might have seen this on old spy films. Nowadays, I think assassins have got it easy, because they don't have to go to these lengths, because Google does it for them, or of that Alexa thing. In the song, I imagine the assassin is watching every move and studying by following them. And again, nowadays you can do this online. Like if you search for Simon Rafferty on Facebook or LinkedIn, uh, and see what he's up to. And oh, Look at those clothes. Look at that face. Oh, it's so old. Sadly, it does seem that he has become successful, though. So the joke's on me. I'm not going to assassinate him, though. It wouldn't be like an assassin, though, would it? Because from the definition earlier, I wouldn't be killing him for political or religious reasons. I'd be doing it because... Well, I wouldn't kill him, would I? The verse ends, and we get this little twiddly bit that reminds me of the Power Slave era. So that's good. But after this, we get an utter travesty. Listen to this. Now, any threat or menace that we've had from that first verse has totally gone. I don't think an assassin would say this. 
He wouldn't give a warning like this and introduce himself. They'd just do the job. Wouldn't act like a Bond villain where they take ages getting on with it, giving James Bond the chance to escape while they reveal how clever they've been. Just just kill him, will ya? Then we won't have to pull up with any more of these films. Yeah, it's r- ridiculous. I, I didn't get warnings when someone was going to put my head down the toilet at school. It just happened. I'd like to think an assassin would be a bit more careful and mysterious. Maybe just send a letter saying, better watch out, and nothing else. That'd be scary. Don't sign it. You know, love from the assassin. Maybe this note might be made out of cut-up newspaper letters. If it was me, I'd break in the house, drink some pop, eat some after-eight mints, and then put this note, better watch out, in the after-eight mint box, with empty after-eight mint wrappers left inside. And this would cause fear, frustration, and annoyance. The after-eight assassin is in Stetchford, the public would say. Although a real assassin would probably actually assassinate people and not waste time on pop and chocolate. My point is that this better watch out seems a bit tame. A bit like an evil warlord saying stop it He-Man or the devil giving someone a gentle shove. There's no threat here. Like Mr Douglas, a supply teacher, trying to get discipline in the classroom, you know, tut-tutting and wagging his finger. Ridiculous. Now, all of these complaints, and I don't know how many I've done, they're made ten times worse by the actual delivery of the chorus. This backing vocal. Let's hear it again. This backing vocal. It's, it's reminiscent of the Muppets. And I did imagine how die with your boots on might sound with the Muppets on backing vocals. You might remember it, that if you're going to die bit. And some people may have thought it was an improvement. Rather than do the same trick again, I thought I'd get Pterodactyl Mark back for a chat on Teams after people moaned last time, and perhaps he can sing the section. So here's the call we had earlier. Right, here he is. Uh, Hello there. Hiya! So you know why we're here then? Yeah. You want me to do some singing? That's right. I'm quite flattered. Yeah, but not just that. I said that you could also give opinions about the song after last time when uh, people were complaining. So hopefully you've prepared something. Yeah, I have. And we've sorted the mute issues out, haven't we? So you're okay with using mute. Um, Obviously, there's no echo, which is good. Yeah. And you haven't got any plans to eat any crisps, have you? After the Sea of Madness episode. No, I'm all right. I've eaten. Great. So, So what do you think about the song, The Assassin? Reasonable start to side eight. Oh no, that, that's a capital B. Are you reading this? Yeah, I've got notes here. Okay, go on then. It's got a hearty sing-along chorus. Okay, can you read any quicker? Yeah. The solo is a bit mean. Mean? Mean, daring, oh, meandering. Right, let's move on. Uh, I'll do. Uh, I don't want you to write that down. I mean, you could just have a conversation about it, surely. Sorry, Wayne. All right, well, anyway, yeah, I was hoping that you'd sing the chorus as a treat. Just the backing vocal. Uh, You know, that bit that sounds like the Muppets. I hope you're not implying that my voice sounds like Gonzo from the Muppets. No. All right, here we go. Better watch out, 
Okay, well, just a better watch out would have been sufficient. But, uh, yeah, thanks for carrying on. Um, so thanks again, yeah. Uh, bit of insight about the song and some singing. So hopefully your fans will be pleased. Great. Hope to speak again. Yeah, mate, boy. Bye. Bye. Okay. Right, well, I don't think I've talked enough about the chorus yet. It's a bit like those 80s horror films that are supposed to be scary, but the effects just make them laughable. It's a bit like Halloween 3. And this chorus is laughable. I mean, maybe you want laughable choruses on a supposed comedy podcast about Iron Maiden, but I don't want to laugh at Iron Maiden. Yeah, maybe I'll laugh at some of the clothes they wore, or Nico's cheeky antics, but a chorus shouldn't be funner. And there's this slowed down effect as well on one of the vocals on the last take, which just adds to it all. I noticed they performed this song live on that tour, and if you were there singing along to the chorus, then this makes you an enabler to Iron Maiden. Now I've had to sit and watch some videos for this, and you might say this is arguably the biggest sacrifice I've made for the podcast, since I had to watch an episode of the cartoon Gem for the Flash of the Blade show. Now these were live videos of course, and uh, there was one in Dortmund which I saw, and it was uploaded by Graham Cracker, and it was quite an interesting watch, as any live video by Iron Maiden is. It's funny to see Steve Harris mouthing the lyrics all the way through, as if sort of justifying what he'd written, but... It just, oh, I think it was a bit silly. I thought, surely he's not going to continue this in that chorus bit. But yeah, he did. And he wasn't just mouthing them. He actually went to a microphone and sang Better Watch Out with Yannick. Now I had a look at some of the comments in this YouTube video. And somebody called The Ripping Corpse says, I'd love to hear this live again. No, you wouldn't. Now he wrote this in 2011, so maybe his thoughts have changed and... Maybe he's regretting those comments now. Someone called Borislav Mitev had a similar view, and he actually said, maybe one of the best Maiden songs, IMO. Now that's in my opinion, so yeah, that is his opinion. And as I said earlier, perhaps we should respect opinions, but for someone to say this might be one of the best Maiden songs, I struggle to comprehend it. Finally, we get some sense with EJ Thrib, and they say, when compared to their far more frequent moments of greatness, it's embarrassing. Now this is better, and EJ Thrib isn't me. But perhaps EJ Thrib and me, we could be friends. Maybe it's a girl. Perhaps get in touch. There's also a version on YouTube from the Wembley Arena, and that's got comments on it like, this is the best version of the song. So that interested me. And I had a listen, and it was pretty good. You know, a bit rough around the edges, but it was okay. Bruce doesn't quite have the growly energy of the studio version. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. And even the backing vocals aren't that bad. I imagine Daniel Armstrong is getting quite excited, so I'm going to beat him to it and mention that this is the B-side to Wasting Love, which is a later single. So you might have heard this version already. Back to the version on the album, though. And after the chorus, yeah, I've just finished on that, we get this ha-ha-ha-ha at the end of it, which perhaps Bruce delivered with more enthusiasm. It might even be that it's supposed to be evil, but after the farce we've just had with the better watch out, I'm not scared. We then get some solos, which are okay, a bit run of the mill maybe, but there's a nice element of chaos at the end as it approaches the next verse. And that next verse is really just an advance on the first. The assassin is closing in, waiting to pull the trigger as he gets you in his sights. There's another swear word in this song. At the end he says, you can kiss your ass goodbye. Now this was disappointing, 
Not because he swore, but because he used the American ass rather than arse, which we used in school. Even though ass might seem naughty. We've already heard that, haven't we? Twice, every time they say the word assassin. Talking of swearing... Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Hello, I'm Yannick Gers from Iron Maiden. Welcome to another Getting Jiggy With It. A lot of people talk about singing in the shower. Those people who might not want to do it in public. They might be a bit ashamed of their own voice like. Now maybe you're like one of them people, but you don't want to do your dance moves in public. Maybe you're a bit self-conscious, like at a wedding or down in the youth club. You don't want to get up on that dance floor. It's okay to feel like this, but why not do what them singers do and dance in the shower? First of all, you need to be aware of health and safety. You can't wear protective clothes in the shower because you're trying to wash your bits like. But you can take some precautions. Put down a non-slip mat on the floor and don't use too much shampoo or soap as you may get bubbles which affects your eyes and your moves. Maybe take it easy to start with. Don't get too frantic. Step side to side and maybe do that stroke in a cat move with only your hands while the other one gets your body into a soapy lather by rubbing shower gel over it. Try not to make the cleaning part of the dance. This is just a warm-up bit like. When you get a bit more confidence, maybe try throwing in a star jump or do some more shaking. Don't forget the drying bit. You can get the towel into your routine by rubbing it across your back to get it dry. Rub it side to side and lift each leg up at the knee as you do so. Imagine the towel is Superman's cape and you're invincible on the dance floor. This is great. Although I must say, Phil Collins is my kryptonite. I'm not dancing to that shite. Getting jiggy with it. So there's some echoes here of the song Killers where they're closing in on someone ready to kill. But here it's a bit simpler and less graphic. Right, I'm going to give Trevor a ring now, see how he's getting on. Hiya, Wayne. All right, Trevor, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Are you feeling a bit better after last week's chat about Pamela? Yeah. Alan Bell said uh, I gave good counselling. That was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all right. Okay, uh, well, let's talk about the song then. Um, the Assassin? Yeah, well, it's got some nice building lyrics, hasn't it? Does he get into the mind of an assassin? He knows how to do his job, doesn't he? And I thought this approach might work with dating or girls. What? Assassinating them? No, I mean, some of the lines in it, like the thrill of the chase, and watching and studying them, and wanting to understand the way they think. Isn't this a bit creepy? No, it shows empathy, and that you're paying attention. What, following them and bugging their phone? No, I never said those bits. I'm talking about certain lines. You put certain lines in your Valentine's Day card to Fiona Gregory from Phantom of the Opera, the opening line. You didn't use the later lines, did you? About torturing her in your lair. Maybe we should have questioned you and made you look weird. All right, Trevor. What I mean is, like, if you see what book a girl is reading, and then you can use that as a conversation starter or something. I think it's quite hard to talk to girls now without them getting the wrong idea. It was different in the 90s. How was it? Well, we had that advert on the telly. For impulse, that body spray, do you remember? The line was, men can't help acting on it. But if I gave a strange lady flowers because she smelt nice, she might think it was weird. Okay. But they loved it in the advert. Now, the other day, I saw a nice lady in the shop. I liked her jumper and dungarees, but I thought if I told her, she might get the wrong idea. I wanted her to feel special from a nice compliment, but I got scared. It's sad. 
What shop was this? Just a coffee shop. I was in front of her in the queue. I thought it might look strange as well if I suddenly turned round and looked at her and said this. So we all carried on looking in the same direction in the queue, avoiding conversation. Maybe she's listening to this podcast. I doubt it. So what do you think of the chorus then? Well, the chorus lets the song down. It negates all the hard work and goodwill given from the intro and first verse. It's like when you auditioned for Oliver that time at the Birmingham Hippodrome. What's that got to do with it? We were doing well, weren't you? Getting through the dance round and the group singing activity, building up nicely, like the verse here in in The Assassin. And then when it came to the solo at the piano bit, it all went wrong. Okay, well, I don't want to go over that again. How do you remember that? I was there for support. I bought you a bag of peanut M&Ms on the way home. But you didn't eat them. Oh, yeah. Well, I suppose looking back, I didn't have an agent, did I, to advise me what to do? I just went with you and my mum. I thought you were good. Well, yeah. I mean, I did sing quite nicely. I had a nice voice. I gave it a nice falsetto. Like that choir boy, Ali Jones. Yeah, what was the song at the piano? It was Food, Glorious Food. Oh, yeah. It was nice. But you were auditioning for one of Fagin's gang. They wouldn't sing like this, would they? They'd be more raucous. You wouldn't have a choir boy in Fagin's gang. All right, well, do you, do you think I don't know that now? I remember having Mahmoud the Penguin Khan singing Food, glorious food! in the playground at me for weeks. He wasn't called the Penguin at this point. All right. Have you got a poem anyway? Let's move on. Yeah, I have. OK. Better watch out. Better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Right, OK. What, what's going on here, then? Well, don't interrupt. Well, yeah, you're just copying from another song here. You can't do that. Well, I think I know what you're expecting, but there's a twist. OK, sorry for interrupting, then. Go on, then. Right. Better watch out. Better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Because I'm the assassin. Right, is that it? Yeah. Okay, well, I believe that's your worst poem yet. I, I don't have to think about it. It's just lazy, as I said. You're copying other lines from songs and poems. And I, I don't like it. This is illusion. T.S. Eliot used it. I don't care who used it. I mean, is there some deep symbolism here? I mean, are you saying that Santa Claus is an assassin? You know, killing our hopes when you wake up on Christmas morning and you find a scooter figure from the Muppet Show in your stocking instead of a real scooter? No. Well, what's the point then? Well, maybe the assassin's in disguise as Santa, using this trust to gain access to houses. You know, might have a sack full of weapons. Well, none of that's in the poem. That's making a big leap, isn't it, to come up with that? Mm, yeah, OK. Well, I've not been feeling right lately. I'm normally excited at this time of year, but Valentine's Day is not the same. I've been listening to 60s French pop again. Oh, OK. Well, I'm sorry to hear you going down that path again. It's okay. You'll be back to your best again soon. It's Eurovision in four months. That's something to look forward to, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, why haven't you covered the French trip yet? That happened around this time. Uh, yeah, well, we had two, didn't we? There was the one where we stayed with the family to help us learn French. And then we had the history trip, didn't we, years later. Yeah, I might mention them at some point, but it is a podcast about Iron Maiden. And I still haven't mentioned my haircut yet. Talking of trips, we had a message from Don McIntyre saying that maybe you should go on a seaside break to Whitby in April. Thinks that the fresh air and fish and chips might do you good. And you could meet a few goths. 
Oh, right. Well, the first bit sounded good, but the goths bit, I'm not keen on that. Is that when they do track fest? Well, I don't know. Well, nah, I wouldn't be keen on that. There might be trouble. Well, perhaps it'd be good for you to go and confront your fears. Nah, maybe I should have a right this break, though. Maybe have a think, go away and come back refreshed. Is there any money in the budget for the series? No, we, we, we haven't got any. We're still working on a deficit budget each series because we're still paying off those flights from Uncle Steve's visit. Oh. Right, well, anyway, well, yeah, next week we've got Run Silent, Run Deep, so hopefully we'll get a, a better poem for you. I don't want any illusion or plagiarism or whatever it is you're doing. All right, well, yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll do better next week. So, so sorry, listeners. Listener. OK, we'll speak next week then. OK, thanks, Wayne. Bye. Right, you can find me online. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter, on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not on LinkedIn, though, so don't try headhunting me. Uh, I think I'm on TikTok, but I put some stuff up just before Christmas, but I can't remember the password, so I can't do much about it. Uh, I might have gone viral for all I know. Maybe someone's out there appreciating my dance moves and creativity. Not like the Birmingham Hippodrome in 1990. Now, I had a message from Agent 47, and he said, You're coming up to The Assassin? Is this the worst song so far? And I wonder if it is. Now, someone called John Copeland also tweeted in, suggesting the song's a load of Tom Tit. Um, but I don't know if I'd go that far. How does it rank on your groan index? Agent 47 continues. Now, you may remember that I groaned at the start of Die With Your Boots On when they played it live in 1988. And I also groan at Can I Play With Madness, that vocal intro. Realistically though, I don't groan at the beginning of Die With Your Boots On normally. It's just the chorus. I've got similar feelings here for The Assassin. It's only the chorus that I groan about. If I compare the two songs directly, I think Die With Your Boots On is better in its verse and its chorus. So as a result, maybe it is in the bottom three of the songs so far, just because of my feelings about the chorus, just totally lets it down. I tried to get Pterodactyl Mark to make the song better for me by doing his own version of it, but that didn't work. I still have the same opinion. In fact, I might like it even less. So that's The Assassin. Let's hope for better things next week with Run Silent, Run Deep. I've got a feeling there will be better, but uh, I hope to see you then. So thanks for listening to this one. Bye-bye.